Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast, episode number 24. This is episode number 12 on breaking down each of the 12 steps. We're right here to, um, well, the whole reason why we're all here is because somebody carried the message to us. So um, it's extremely cool. That's all we got to give anyway. That's it. That's what the book says. That's it. It's so cool to be able to to have our guest all the way from the big city. Um, the big apple. The big apple. Uh, we can't thank you enough for coming on here. If you would, if you'd like, oh, before we get, before we go there, I'm Mason S by the way, I'm an addict and with me as always is my co-host TK. Yeah. 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 And tonight, uh, we have a very special guest. Like we said, if you would, you can just tell us your name, your clean date and where you attend meetings at. Give your home group a shout out. Hello everyone. My name is Gladys. And uh, my clean date is November 14, 2001. And I'm from Staten Island, New York. And my home group is the ultimate weapon. It's also where I have my commitment. And I'm honored to be here on this podcast to share my experience, strength, and hope, and how NA has made uh, it possible for me to live a drug-free life. And I'm also a recovering addict. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this once again. Um, so before we get into our topic today, we'd like to let our listeners get to know you a little bit. So if you want to kind of tell us, um, you know, what it was like before, what happened, what it's like now, you know. Well, well first of all, thank you, Mason. And I'm not, I don't remember the other gentleman's name, but thank you for for even putting this together. And, you know, I'm really grateful for people that do service. Uh, you know, I myself, you know, like from a 12, because of a 12 step, I'm also a person that does service in my group and in many other groups. Uh, one of the ways that I stay clean and maintain my recovery is by staying connected and doing service. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's always an honor to be able to share anywhere my experience, strength and hope and uh, regarding my recovery because it wasn't always like this, you know what I mean? So yeah, a little bit about myself is um, I, I'm, I have uh, 21 years and nine months clean, which is awesome. And uh, by God's grace. And, uh, you know, my, 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 my drug history was I, I had, I have an 18 year active drug history. I use drugs for 18 years consistently. Um, you know, I started, um, you know, like, and one of the things I'd like to say is that today I understand because of the program of Narcotics Anonymous, because it's been the only way that I've ever stayed clean is coming through this 12-step program. Anything else I ever tried before, I was never able to maintain any kind of abstinence period or any clean time. It wasn't until I came to the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous that I was able to put down the drugs and stay clean. And the beautiful part is that today, which is the top, one of the topics we're going to discuss later on the 12th step, is that I've gotten 
the the privilege to be able to experience a 12-step process and my 12 step, I, I received a spiritual awakening, which is incredible. So not only was I able to come and get clean and stop using, I've always, I also have been able to be changed and live a completely different life because, you know, part of my story is like, I have relapse in my, in my story. And it's, I had 11 and a half years clean, narcotics anonymous clean time. And I relapsed. And I stayed, I thought I was going to go out for one day and come back because I knew how to do this NA thing. And I, I used again, after 22 years, I hadn't used heroin. I hadn't used uh, methadone in, in, no, 17 years heroin, 22 years. And here I was at age 48 using drugs again when I had that relapse. And um, by God's grace, I thought I was going to do one day. And I ended up in that condition three and a half years. And God finally graced me to make it back to the rooms. And now like today, I have the 21 years and nine months clean. But the reason I bring that up is because that first original clean time, it's so important that I came to the rooms of NA and that was, that was the first time I ever experienced being able to stop using drugs. But what happened was I was in this beautiful program, but I didn't change. I didn't practice the spiritual principles, the 12 steps. I didn't keep a sponsor. I didn't keep a home group. I didn't do service. And I just was so happy to be off the drugs. I, you know, I come from where, where they, they called me junkie, dolphin. I shot heroin. I shot cocaine. I did methadone. I did pills. I started with alcohol. I smoked. So my drug of choice was heroin, but I've done all drugs. And like I told you, I spent 18 years in that condition I did things that no beautiful young lady because I started young should have done and I think the drugs dictated my life I lived terrible and the only time I was able to be able to put down the drugs and I did all that geographics and, you know which I tried everything before I came to the rooms by God's grace I got clean and I was in this program I put down the drugs but I didn't change you know I was a today I understand that I was a broken person before the drugs. That's why when I picked up the drugs, I ended up addicted to them because there was something that was, you know, today we call it the disease, but it was a spiritual malady that I suffer from. I was a broken person from the inside. So when I picked up, that's why I have friends, they picked up with me, but they didn't go on to become addicts. But no, what I did. And I understand that today. I didn't know that then. So when I first came into Narcotics Anonymous and experienced this most beautiful thing of putting down the drugs, but I didn't practice the program. It was like so wonderful. I got a house. I'm a Puerto Rican chick from the projects that never worked. You know, I ran the streets. I never kept a job. Now I come, I got clean and I ended up getting a job, a career. I got married in a white dress after everything I had done. You know, somebody faithful wanted me, you know, stuff like that. All that good things. When you put down the drugs, all that outside stuff, I got it. I even bought a house. I got 12 siblings. I come from 13 children. We're all addicts, dysfunction. And here I came in and what happened was that I, like I said, I stayed in this beautiful program. I chased all, I just switched addictions, put down the drugs, didn't practice principles, didn't follow a lot of what NA really has to offer. And that's why the time came. I gossip, I criticized, I judged, I did behaviors that there was no excuse when you're clean. And I relapsed because I was in such pain because, you know, you just, 
I, I after everything stopped working, I was back to that spiritual void again. And by God's grace, he made it back. And I when when I finally made it back, three and a half years relapse, I understood that first step of true powerlessness. And the only reason why I know that I can never fix me, that I'm powerless over people, places, and things, and myself, the only reason, because my life was so unmanageable, no job, no house. You know, I went out after so many years. So I just want to give you a little piece that, you know, but today God graced me to make it back. And since I was in a true surrender, I surrendered and I heard how it works. It's at every beginning you know, for you, for for whoever is, listen, when I had that relapse, there's so many things to my, my story. When I had that relapse, I had, when I first got clean, I got married and I had a son and he, he was raised clean. I was clean, right? And I and I put him in Catholic school. His father died. I ended up taking care of him. I bought that house. He, he just lived lovely, the boy, right? So I thought when I relapsed, he was 16 years old. He never saw his mother use. He was one N.A. baby. He was devastated because when we decide to go use, we don't only take ourselves, we take all our loved ones with us. So this boy came with me and his whole world turned upside down and he became a drug addict. And my son ended up addicted too. So when I came back from that relapse, now I got clean, God graced me, but I had to watch my only child that I love with all my heart. I had to watch him in the grips of the disease of addiction and it broke my heart. But I stayed and I went through that process of change through a 12 step. And in that process, what happened to me is I discovered who I am, what I'm about, why I'm about, had to come and terms to accept that, to get humble, to make reconciliation with people, and then to continue to practice and use this program and the spiritual so that I can just be a good person, like so I can live decent. So, and the reason, you know, if you're listening to me and you think, what is that all about have to do with drugs? Because when I'm miserable, when I'm not happy, when I'm not living right, and I'm, I'm in that, it's so easy to pick up the drugs again. You know what I mean? So it isn't about just putting down the drugs. It's allowing this beautiful program that I was in and that I wasn't following. And all I did was cause havoc. And today I don't live that way. I took the suggestions. I keep a sponsor. I keep a home group. I, I do service. And, and the most important thing that has happened, which we're going to get to that 12 step, my, you know, all along, I've had little spiritual awakenings. You know, I've seen this God, because listen, through the steps, you find out you can't change you. You have to get a relationship with a higher power. You need, and it can't be of human. No human power really can make the difference. I'm sorry to tell you, that's been my experience. You got to find a, a higher power. And today, because of that process, I've got to have a relationship with a God, like my higher power. Today, I have a relationship with a God that I found out that he loves me. He loves me. And what he does, he goes, Gladys, now that you know you love me, I love you. I love them too. Go back and tell them what I've done in your life. So since I've been back these 21 years and nine months, not only did I put down the drugs and was able to get clean again, which I thought I wasn't going to, three and a half years in relapse was so painful. 
Because I used to come to meetings. I never stopped coming. You know what it's to sit in a meeting and you know that how what it's about to be clean and you're sitting in those meetings and you just, oh my God, I'm not going to get this again. And putting 30 days and 60 days and 90 days and just keep relapsing. I, I was devastated. So when I got the miracle happen again and I totally surrendered and I started this process and I got the hope again, you know, what you know i so not only am i able to stay clean because that's big big for a person like me that 18 years just chase drugs live to use and use to live and the other thing that happened is that son of mine he's working on 14 years clean and eight <laughs> my boy got clean because I just would not, I kept coming and he saw it, he saw it, you know, and prayer, you know, I, that 11 step through prayer, meditation. I got this, this, this bond with this God I believe in. I went to him and I begged him for my son, boy. I stood and when we get together in that circle and we do the serenity praise and we, we say, let's take a moment of silence for the sick and, sick and suffering addicts still in and out of the rooms. My son was one of them. And I used to cry when I stood there, but the whole group, it just, so my son's clean time. The other thing that's happened, I used to smoke Newport 100s, 37 years, two packs a day. Woo! I haven't smoked a cigarette since 2006. I think that's 17 years because of 12 step work, because of Narcotics Anonymous. What else? I could never be without a man. Somebody love me. You could beat me up for 23 hours, but if you showed me you loved me for one hour, you was in. You didn't even have to have a job. All you had to be was cute. In and out of relations, causing havoc. I used to think it was them, but I would pick the broken men so that I could feel above them. And I used to, and when I took a fourth step and looked and everything, I was so unfaithful. I was so sick. I hurt so many people. I could never, somebody loved me. And I've been out of a relationship by choice. Cause you know, if you could see me, which you don't, you're going to hear me. If you could see me, you're going to know that I could get a man. It ain't cause I'm not cute. You know what I mean? But it's because if I ever get in a relationship again, it's going to be because I'm going to be the right person. I don't have to find the right person. And the other thing is, so I've been out of a relationship by choice 18 years and I haven't been lonely because I got a God who loves me and how he shows me all the time is through the people in the rooms, through family, you know, because we take this, we go, we come to NA to stop using and we change. And if we surrender and allow the miracle and the change to happen to us, we take this all outside our lives. We get to be good employees, good mothers, good. Listen, not perfect. We're not talking perfect here. I got my days where I criticize, judge, gossip. I'm self-righteous. I think who I am. I get jealous. I'm envious. You know, all that stuff. I know I got it. But when I'm practicing this program and I follow what it teaches and taught me to have faith, to turn it over, to, to be humble, to love others, to forgive because I so much needed to be forgiven. When I get all that coming in and everything, then I could be less gossipy, less creepy. You know what I mean? I could be nice. I could really genuine. I become more other-centered, God-centered instead of my self-centered self. You know, because when I found out in my fifth step is that 
I suffer from self-centeredness and that came from the brokenness of my life and everything. But, and I developed these patterns to protect that, but I no longer have to do that. I could be myself, this program. So when I could feel comfortable with me, I don't have to use drugs. I don't have to always put these masks on and run around and people please. Now I'm saying all that, like I said, I'm not perfect and I fall into it. It's a continuous. That's why I keep coming back, right? We keep coming back and and and, and I I want to keep, I've made some friendships. And let me tell you, recovery ain't boring for who's ever hearing this. Don't think you're going to come out. What am I going to do without drugs? Oh my God, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh from the bottom of your, when I was high, that laughter was phony. Today we laugh. I dance. I sing. You know, I have fun. You know what I mean? I have friendships. And listen, life on life's terms breaks my heart. I've lo I lost my mother, my father, my brother. Two of my nephews two years ago, they got murdered. You know, it, it life on life's terms, you're going to get some real hardships and hurt. But the way I make it through without using number one, I get to get through and, and the sadness, I get to, it's okay sometimes for sadness. I do it with others. I have this faith in this God that gets me through. So like, I just came to stop using it. I can't tell you the wonderful things. I also was diagnosed with uh, bipolar, manic depressive, clinical depression, six years when I was clean before I relapsed, all kinds of medications. Psychiatrist told me what he used to tell me. He said to me one time, you're always going to need this medication because you suffer from a chemical imbalance. Since I came back from the relapse, no medication, no diagnosis. And I told you, yes, life on life's terms, it hurts. And I get real sad, but it's not depression. I get through everything. I just deal with it because this program, this love, you know, I came to stop using drugs and so much more happened. So please, what, but you know, and, and there's so many slogans, you know, I went, I'm telling you, like, I, I took you through the whole extreme, right? But from the beginning, it was the fact of coming somewhere and just being able to stay clean one day at a time. So, you know what I mean? So, you know, if it, again, to the 12th step, like, I just want to share on it. I'll let my brothers share their little bit on it also, is that after I went through the whole process, because it took the previous 11 steps like they and, and it's not intellectualizing because let me tell you i'm an addict I, I remember when i was that 11 and a half years clean i spoke in a convention on a six and seven step and i hadn't officially done it with a sponsor and i listened to that cd i sound great <laughs> because we got the gift of gab we're addicts i know how to read something and break it down i'm a teacher you know what i mean but when I came back and I truly surrendered, when I realized I'm not only powerless over drugs, I'm powerless over people, places, and things. I can't change nobody's life. I couldn't get my son clean. I can't make a man love. You know, I got to that state and everything. So what happened is um, I lost my train of thought. Um, so when I came in, I forgot what I was going to say, guys. Oh, the 12th step. Yeah, so, yeah. You were rolling into the Yeah, yeah. No, because this is, and then I'll end with this. The, the, because I experienced, not intellectualized, I had experiences with each step. In the first step, that brokenness of, of finding out I'm powerless and I can't do, I can't fix myself. But in the second step, I got the hope you can't, Gladys. But with a power greater than you, I get this hope. 
And, and, and I had it own that I'm insane. I do crazy things. And it's so true. So I get the hope and on and on. And the third, there was a lot of things when I first came in that I can't do nothing about it. They say, just turn it over, turn it over to a power greater. So, but as I'm going through this, this power greater, it has to, it became more real because as I saw my crippleness of my inside, I, I and, 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 and he does it through people, through my sponsor, through the meetings, through sharing, through networking. So it ain't like, you know, me and God, I ain't, I ain't this religious zeal out of nowhere. It's not me and God against the world is he uses, God showed himself to me through you people. So what happened, the experience of the previous 11 step because I used to think a 12-step was when you pick people up and you take them to a detox and you bring them to a meeting. Oh, I oh let's go 12-step someone. Let's go. Oh, I did a 12-step. We are so proud. I never, never paid attention. It said, after having had a spiritual awakening, your spirit has to be awakened. You need to, to get alive from the inside out, not from the outside in. Not go and help people, but you're crippled. I mean, that works too, by the way, because uh, a day with a person with two days can help one with one day, right? So yeah, you can do things when you're crippled and help others, but it's not long lasting. The 12 step talked about having had a spiritual awakening where your spirit is awoken. And to me, that spiritual awakening was that there's a real God who loves me, loved me all along, who said, and he says, but I don't only, who developed this beautiful 12 step program for people like us. No church could have did it. I wasn't go to no church he goes i love them so much i'm gonna do this 12-step process i'm gonna bring them and i'm gonna bring them on to myself through this process and i'm gonna help them and i'm gonna love them and then they're gonna go help each other and that's what my spirit my 12-step is that my spirit's awakened to know that you are beautiful just as me we're so loved and that we don't have to use drugs no more one day at a time yeah absolutely um i'm i don't know about travis but i know me like i i've enjoyed you listening to you talk so much like i've went on an emotional roller coaster with you, you know i've laughed yeah, and i was like do i have any questions for yeah i mean i don't know what i can even ask her at this yeah. point um one thing i do want to ask is i want to go back to a part of your story where you were you were talking about the um three year uh three years out of the program what was the turning point during those three years that, that led to that surrender? I came up. Oh, wow. That's so incredible. Again, give me a moment. Cause I get emotional. The last, the last year of that relapse that I was in the relapse, the last year of it, I went to five detoxes. I have went and got, because, you know, now I know, I know about clean time. So I, in that time of using, I kept trying to get clean. I went to, but the last year, I went to five detoxes, three rehabs. And I ended up signing up on a methadone program. And like I said earlier, I hadn't used methadone in 22 years. Now here I was, and now I'm 48. When I first got clean, I was 28. So, you know, like I'm older now and the drugs are beating me up. So what happened was that last, the last um, rehab that I was in, the last detox, I came out and once again, and I'm going to get to what ended up getting. So I came out of that, that fifth detox 
I went home. I went to people. I was staying with a brother that he deals drugs. I ended up in his house and I sat there and I came out with the detox after already being five other detoxes, uh, four other already. I went three rehab spending 21 days, 17 days. And I picked up again. I used. And it, and I sat there and I used and I didn't get high. Like it didn't, it didn't impact me. And this is what happened. I started to cry. And, and what, what happened was that I realized that I wasn't going to get clean again. <laughs> I finally really, really realized that I was powerless. So I said, this is what happened. I said, God, <laughs> if you let me get one day clean, just let me wake up and not use. I promise I'll never make nothing more important than being clean. Because it appears that all those times before that, every time I would come out of detox rehab, well, I was in meetings. I, I told you, I never left the meetings. I always shared about, oh, I had 11 and a half years. Oh, I had a house. Oh, I had... And I got to the point where I just, it didn't matter, nothing. Like all that pride, the things that we keep, that make us, I didn't care about none of them no more. <laughs> I just said, please just get me clean. And I think God heard me and I, I ended up going into a, a rehab and H&I, and they came up and all of a sudden I heard them and I heard it, make a meeting. The, the simplest things, don't go to pee. I had two sisters that weren't recovery. One had like 15 years. The other one has 10 years. I kept coming out of those places and going to a brother that uses. I wouldn't go to meeting. So I heard, make a meeting. Stay away from people. So I heard it. I went to my, I started staying clean, but God answered my prayer. Isn't it interesting how when you reach that point of surrender, how you can how the ears kind of finally open up and you can hear the, hear the things that you've heard 10,000 times said every single day. But finally, when we reach that point of surrender, it's like, where has that been? You know, that's where they talk about that cotton in your, in your ears and put it in your mouth. Yep. Take yep. Yeah. pride. I had a lot of pride. God had to get rid of my pride. It was all pride. Yeah. You know? And and all along the readings at the beginning of the meeting, it tells you how it works. <laughs> all of a sudden, I heard it. <laughs> I heard it. You know, I used to when I was fresh in the in the rooms. I can remember my first meeting. I thought when I heard them go through the readings, I thought that was interesting. They went through the readings, and then I got there again the second night, and and they were going to do it again. I was. I said, I, I looked over, I forget who I was sitting beside, but I was like, are they going to do this every single night? And he's like, yeah, yeah. But now I understand why they do that. And, you know, even with time, it hits different sometimes. And when you're struggling, sometimes the solution is right there in what we hear every single night at a meeting, you know. Like I yeah. said, I can't believe, like I got too smart for my bridges. Everything went over and it was all the basic things that if I would have done the basic things and that's what I've done today since I'm back, I keep a sponsor and a sponsor that does step work, not a sponsor that sounds good, looks good. Cause I had that. Right. And I was one of those sponsoring women and giving them my garbage. I never even did step work just because I had clean time. So clean time don't equal recovery, but you need clean time in order to recover. Amen. 
Um, one thing I wanted to ask you too is when what when you look back on the that time now the, on those three years, obviously I'm sure you use that experience to help a lot of people, but how how do you feel when you think about that? Is there some gratitude that you're able to pull from that? Do you feel like you wouldn't have the program that you would have today, like it talks about in relapse and recovery? Did it bring about a more rigorous um, application of your program? Do you feel that that's kind of what happened? You come up with the greatest, greatest questions. Like you really go to the ones that are important. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for a while when I came back because of the pride, right. You know, I came back and I, I or, or the, that's why I didn't get the clean time right away because I was too busy, like hurting over what I had and what I lost and what I did and what I. So when when finally I surrendered and everything and that wasn't so important, I was able to see that that was. That's one of the greatest things that has happened in my life because of my relapse. Everything that I gossiped about and I criticized when I got when I was clean at seven years clean, I remember sitting in a meeting and people that kept coming back one day, two days. I said, what is wrong with them? Why can't they get it together? Yeah. I've been here seven years, you know, and, and I used to talk. Um, I, I had a sponsor that came to me one time, said my boyfriend cheated on me. And I said to her, well, leave him. Don't you got no self-esteem? You know, because I thought I was one of these women that have self-esteem. At nine years clean, I picked up a 90-day wonder. He had he had um, attempted suicide 16 times, was a chronic relapse, and that was the man for me. You know, like, and then I was remember begging him. He went and cheated on me with a I, I was 11 years older, and I'm banging on this door. Come home with me. He comes out in underwear with this beautiful blonde chick that's his age, and I'm begging him to come home. So everything I ever gossiped, judged, and criticized, for some reason, God allowed me to experience to be in those positions, such as relapse, such as uh, infidelity, such as you know being cheated on, the things that I you were so prideful. So listen, my relapse... Yes, absolutely. I, you don't have to relapse to have a jarring experience. You could be and stay. I have, my hat goes off to all the people that stayed clean for years and never relapsed. And they struggled. And they struggled. And they had the times when they didn't practice a program, but they stuck it out. I didn't. So I got to respect that. But I got to tell you that for me, that experience, because I made it back, because we don't always make it back. It absolutely was the jarring experience. That was what brought me to the humble. God used it as a plan. That has been a catalyst to, I, you know, God has used me. I, I get to share this, you know, like I have empathy for relapses. I have empathy for women that get cheated on. I have empathy for, for, for mental illness. I have empathy. So all, everything I have experienced, you know, what's the best thing? All that pain that I went through, I have, I have experienced having a child as an addict. Oh my God, you know how many mothers and stuff I've helped. So because all that that I suffered and cried, 12 years, my son made me go through all that. All of that, when I look today, it's it not only has it made it who I am, that all that hurt and pain wasn't for nothing. All right. It wasn't for nothing. You know how good I feel that God gets to use it to be of service. It was, at least I could say it wasn't for nothing. 
It makes a difference because it, it put me in a place to be of service to others. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah. And you got to where I was, was leading up to, because it kind of relates to this, the topic today on step 12 is, you know, when we think about carrying the message, we, you know, that we instantly go to, I want to talk to somebody about how they can stay clean for another day, but we can also carry the message to somebody who's been in the room for a long time and they went through something that we've got through clean, whether it be a broken relationship whether it be financial problems, whatever, you know, there's somebody. Oh, I don't even bring financial. Yeah. I went into a hundred thousand dollar debt because, you know, and even that yeah. today I got a beautiful, I got a credit rating of 7.8. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, carrying the message doesn't have to be to somebody who's currently using drugs. You know, it can be, being there and, and saying, Hey, I've lost loved ones. I know what that, you know, I've been there before. This is how I got through it clean. You know, um, another so, way I think about carrying the message is not so much the talk, but what are you walking? Yeah. How are you showing me how you're carrying the message? You know, that, that is a, it's very personal, you know, by the way, it says we in every step, but the one thing that's personal about it is, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, comma, we. So it makes it really personal at the very first sentence, you know, because it's it doesn't start out as we. It's yeah. having had a spiritual awakening, and it makes it real personal at that point. Then we pluralize it, and it's, you know, and it's about carrying that message, but it's like, I don't want to be that message that's just all talk. Yeah. You know, when I leave the rooms, I'm a, I'm another person. I don't want to be that person. I want to be that person that they see in the rooms and they see out on the streets. Not that I'm, you know, saying NA is the only way, you know, I'm not out there, you know, uh, promoting. But the way that you live your life is attractive to yeah. other people. And, and well, that's part of that's in one of you know that's attraction rather than promotion. That's it. And yeah. you're a teacher, right? See, we're we're just some silly. Well, when I say I'm a teacher, I, I yeah, I teach classes and all that, but I'm not a real teacher, right? Well, we're just <laughs> silly hillbillies. But I think uh, I think carry is a verb, right? Don't ask me that stuff. Don't I ask me English either. three times. <laughs> I think Are the word kidding? carry is a verb. It it, it, impl it implements an action. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, so like sometimes like we that. have to physically carry the message, not by what we say, but really just carrying the message, toting all those principles that I've learned from the program. And, you know, for me, I knew when I was using what made the program attractive to me, wasn't somebody standing up on their soapbox telling me what I needed to do. It was the results I seen in their life from knowing them before, while they were using, seeing them get clean and their lives get better without them ever saying a word. So they were carrying the message without ever even talking to me. You know, that's what I think about carrying being an action word. Absolutely. You know? I also, yeah. I also think that we can tell or, or okay. I'm Puerto Rican. So, you know, my, yeah. my language isn't always the great. Authenticity. Authenticity. Say it. Authenticity. To be authentic. Yep. And, and I'm closing up authentic and genuine when you speak from the heart or you speak yeah. from experience, like you can, 
it, it, it's a feeling that comes across like you just can't miss it besides living it. But you, you know, when you when you get honest and you really expose yourself and you're genuine and there's no real hidden agendas, it comes across like, you know, one addict can tell the other addict. That's attractive, too, because I've heard people share and in their stories, I can tell they're genuine or things I identified with that have touched my heart that made me keep coming back. You know what mm. I mean? Besides the showing, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't around that many of them at the beginning. But it's also this this genuineness sometimes that you can sense from people when they're real. Yeah, we what? could, you know we that could feel God? that when you were yeah. sharing earlier. You know, we, we felt that. Yeah, we felt You know, it was like, we feel that pain. Yeah. You know, you know we, that's, that's we wasn't it. there, but we. Did you, you know. feel the joy too? Oh, sure yeah. did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guarantee, I guarantee you that the person that you talked about being at seven years clean when you were like, what are wrong? What's wrong with you people? Why do you keep coming no, back in? The light, huh? Right. But now I guarantee you when somebody comes in and they keep going back out and they can't find a way, I, I, I know you can feel that pain and you understand exactly what that means now. Yeah. 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 And I can be of I can be empathetic. We, because again, I love, uh, you know, you just brought another piece to the 12 step, Travis, which I appreciate. I appreciate both these, by the way, you said, uh, but you said something about, um, I didn't realize that, yeah, that when we start some of the other steps, there's not a, a we right away. But in this one, it, it starts off um, after having had a spiritual awakening. It's not talking about, it's talking about personal, one person. And then it goes, we carry this message. So that means all of a sudden we've been transformed to, to know that this is done through we. Like, like I said earlier, what's happened to me after having that spiritual awakening was that people are just as important as me. So all of a sudden I can do a we because my whole sickness is the disease of addiction, the, the core exactly it's self-centeredness is to put me first, me. What about me? What about me? You know what I mean? Yeah, and the transformation that happens to us when we're experiencing these this process of the twelve steps, we get changed to become is not me is a we, and yeah. it and it becomes real. Like you know, listen, I, there's many times that I do the right thing for the right reasons without feeling it, because that's the other thing we got to let people know. This is not about feelings. Oh my God. It's about a choice. I choose to do what the principles, the program, what God says I do. To be loving and kind. Many times I don't feel loving and kind. <laughs> My sponsors will call me and I'm watching a show. I don't want to answer the phone. <laughs> but I do because God says so. Because the program says so. Because my sponsor did it for me. You don't have to feel things you can choose to do it and what happens is when i do the right things it changes my feelings and me i have to just say a big part of using drugs was about my feelings mm -hmm. I, I couldn't handle anything if i feel bad if i feel mad if i feel sad if i feel just everything i feel a feeling and i used and today i can feel anything and i don't have to act off of it makes sense oh yeah absolutely you know, to Travis's point, I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, one of the questions in the guiding principles, I don't know if you've had any chance to look at that, but it breaks down the traditions and it asked a question, how does the 12 step tie to the first step? But I think Travis may have answered that question. 
it goes from the personal side of having had this spiritual awakening, the I becomes we, and then that transitions right into the first tradition, which is all about unity. You know, I think so we're full circle at that point. That Whoa, full circle. We got it going on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Break it down. So true. Yeah. So true. I couldn't it. imagine doing this by myself. No. I don't I can't know if, even imagine trying no. to do it by myself. Well, I've tried. How about, how about having had like uh, uh, many people like each other, sponsors, uh, support network, sponsor sisters, or just friends in recovery, like today, it's like it's okay that they could fail me. You know what I mean? Like they, they they didn't show up. Oh my god, would I get crazy when you did you don't do it? You control, right? Yeah. But today is like it's so easy when someone doesn't show up or doesn't do, especially when we have commitments, right? Yeah. Oh my god, the half of them come late. They don't they it's because it's so easy for me to forgive or not to get crazy. Because how many times haven't I done that? But yeah. even better, how many times sometimes I still cancel? And I still, so it's just like, it's so beautiful the way this works. Like, you know what I'm saying? That I've been freed up from so much bondage or things that used to hold me down that may, and when I was in that condition, I always want to use drugs. And it, and sometimes before you use drugs, you could go do other things. You know, there's so many other things besides using drugs that 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 are not good for us that we'll do because we can't stand. You know, keep clearing up our house, keep cleaning ourselves, keep ourselves in practice so that we don't have to be miserable and make others miserable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I was. I was thinking about um you know you get these uh people that come in and you see them doing the things that you've made the same mistakes and we become empathetic towards that but really i think what happens is as we become more less self-centered we become more god-centered so we quit seeing them through selfish eyes and we start to see them a little bit. I mean, cause we're, that's the perfection that we're, you know, we're trying to strive towards, we, but I, I believe we're able to look at the world through a different lens. And I believe it's God's eyes. You know, we see God's eyes and we see, I, I'm able to see you the way that God sees you. The more I practice the principles and set my self-centeredness and all that, my ego and my pride and all that to the side, you know, and that, that allows me to practice things like compassion and empathy and love and, you know, all of those things. When are you going to show me some of that? Uh, <laughs> no, Travis, that's exactly. If you spoke to my son, he might not tell you I'm a spiritualist. I'm sounding. <laughs> so oh. you brought that up. You talk about your son. This is my brother-in-law. My he's married to my sister who's in recovery. Uh, I have another sister in recovery. We all got clean because my father got clean in NA. Um, I have a nephew. I have what two nephews and a couple of cousins and you know several. So uh, I've run out of fingers. Yeah, there's that. We run out of. There's so many people in my family that it's gotten clean all because one person decided to. My father decided to get clean and. You know, when I was sharing with you a minute ago about him carrying that message, he never preached to me. He never said, this is what you need to do. 
he just lived it out. And, you know, I, I was, I, I was with him plumb up until the end of his life. And I had to see the whole process of recovery work on him. And I knew the day that he was dying, that what he had is what I wanted, even though I had no clue how to get it. Um, you know, so I couldn't handle it. You were still I, using when he passed, Mason? I, I was. Nine months later, I got clean. Yep, nine months later. Boy, that's a story. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, just, just to match up, that's, that's beautiful, beautiful. But I knew the night that he died that I wanted – because I've seen everybody from the fellowship come on and love on him at the hospital. All these people – I'm like, who are these people? I don't have a – who are these strangers? And they're they're crying and they're you know they're talking about how grateful they are for him and you know being able to live this life. I'm like, who, I've never seen you people. What are you talking about? Um, but when I seen that, I knew he had what I wanted. You know, that's so so, so beautiful. My goodness. Yeah. You know the other attraction part, you know, again. Go ahead, Trev. That you know uh, Ryan talks about. You know that some people made some decisions in, in the, in the seventies that would affect his life in 1986. Yeah. And then he got clean and that's affected our lives as well. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's so amazing. And we can, we can track it all the way back to 1953. That's it. Yeah. When Jimmy K made that decision, you know, to start this thing. And man, I am so grateful he did. Well, the late sixties is what gets me is when it all crumbled. Just about died. When it all crumbled and it was down to two. And it was Jimmy Kay and it was the secretary. And he looked at her or she looks at him and says, Well, what are we gonna do now? And he very easily could have said, We've been trying this for nine years, it's not gonna work. He said, We're gonna start over, we're gonna adopt the traditions and we're gonna follow them. You so, act like he was there. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I'm I <laughs> Hey, I see the results. I wanted to. That's such a beautiful our history. It's it's incredible. Well, you know, I, what I wanted to touch base is that, that identification with, with both of you is the family thing. I have um two sisters in recovery, so it's three of us. I have my son. I have a nephew, and I have other um family members, um brothers that are clean. Because I came from, there was 13 children, and we all turned out to be, we, we had the disease of addiction. And um, they don't come to NA, but a lot of them have through, you know, yeah. they, they're clean. But what I want to say with 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 uh, things to my mother, my mother, uh, she had 13 kids from four different fathers. And none of them ever married her, and they were all alcoholics and, you know, the worst. She really never had a man to take care of, but she had these 13 kids that we were all addicted. Imagine that she was a gambling addict. So she survived all this. I don't know. She's incredible because I had one and I thought I'd die. <laughs> but here's the thing. When I, I, I was the first one to come into the rooms of NA, you know what I mean? And, you know, like you said, family followed, but this is so big as I changed, as my sisters changed, we brought this home to our our brothers and sisters and my mother, especially. My mother didn't know how to say I love you. My mother, when we used to give her, when it was her birthday, she just wanted money. Yeah, because she's a gam, she loves money, right? So she takes them. So we we used to bring her when now we're in recovery. I give her a card with the money and some flowers. She would put the flowers aside. She wouldn't even read the card. So I told her, you gotta read. So 
when she first read a card and it says so many beautiful things to her for her, she started learning how to say, I love you. She started learning how to hug and allow us to hug her. She thought, where's my card? You, now you couldn't give her no. What I'm saying is that through our own changing, like you said, with, like when you saw your father, it made attractive, you wanted to be like him. My mother, her 13 children, when she was in her room dying, she had 30 people in that room, only brothers and sisters with our children. She was so loved 10 times more than any man could have ever done for her. Every all of us, the 13 of us, no, well, we was down to nine. She passed. The so nine of us, she, my brothers would bring her shrimp. My brothers said, that one would do this. That. She was so loved. Like, God has a way. Like, when we heal, there's so much that heals outside. My mother was loved like no man ever loved her, but her kids, her messed up attitude. <laughs> ended up loving her and she felt so she was the queen <laughs> did you just get what i'm saying right and that's oh, all yeah. because of the healing because we got clean us in na well when we're using we affect the whole world around us we are like a poison so on the flip side when we get clean and start practicing spiritual principles we affect the whole world around us and people never know the power that can come behind you making a decision to finally try something different has affected your whole family. My dad's decision affected our whole family and everybody that comes in, everybody that I ever used with that knows that I'm, that I see from time to time who still may be using it's affected them because at least they know they knew me while I were you, while I was using, they know now that recovery is possible. Yeah. You yeah. know, and everybody that you used with or that knew you when you were using, they know that recovery is possible. Well, that's what but, I, that was one of the biggest things that helped my son. Yeah. Because he, 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 he knew he was an NA baby. He never saw me use as a mother. And then at 16, he sees that I use, but the thing was, I fell, but I got back up because I, there was a point where I was so guilt ridden and shamed. And then as I started getting strong in my recovery, I said, no, I'm the example that life sometimes will knock you down and you fall, but you get right back up. And yeah. I refused to let the guilt and the shame. And I kept staying clean, even though he was broken and, and I kept trying to pull him in and everything. And then, you know, I stopped enabling. I learned about all that. And finally, like he just saw, like, you know, I told him one day, I said, listen, I know when the, the, the disease is causing you to do all those things that ain't you, but the one thing that you could do that you're not doing is you can get clean. There's recovery and you're not making that choice. And that's on you. I can't do it for you, my son. I can't. If I could, I would. So you can't live here anymore until you get clean. A week later, he came and he got clean. So, you know, it, it's, in, it, it, you know, this program is incredible. In our lives, they've changed. We come from brokenness, all of us, you know, like, and 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 horrors only to live. I live beautiful. And listen, today I understand that because I already have experience with seeking outside stuff to make me look important and never dealt with the spiritual malady in my inside. That's why I relapsed, came back. I've done the inside work. I know I'm valuable. I know God loves me, but not only me, he loves other people too, all of you. So, and I get that, but I also got the gifts too. 
I got the car. I got 2023 car. I got my my son. He's become a little famous. Like he's a rapper and everything. So he bought us a house. That boy that was broke that went to jail and everything. He bought me and him a house. I live on the first floor. He got the second. I got an in-ground oh. swimming pool with, with, what do you call those things? The, the towels, the water towels. You know, but you see, you could take that all the way. It'll be okay. I'm still going to be okay. They're not what make me, but they're gifts. They're it gifts. Is. And it's nice to have the gifts. You know what I mean? So, you know, getting clean, you can get the outside. You definitely, you can work, you can get this, but you have to, you have to get the spirit and the spiritual awakening is that there's a God who loves us and he shows up and we need him. You need to believe in a power greater, choose whichever God you want, but don't be afraid of the God thing. Cause that's another thing that's happening in our program. They're watering down, watering down, you know, and it's not right. Cause listen, my relapse had a lot to do with, I didn't tap into a God. It had to do with that. I still was acting like God, the one that was in so much pain that I went into depression, that I went into relapse. When I came back and surrendered and went through this process, it showed me. And I started getting in touch with God in the second step and the third step. Forget it. When I got to the fifth step, when I saw my exact nature, I felt doomed. But I, but it talked. I, I told the higher power, said, "Yeah, but don't worry. God's gonna take care of you." He became real. Forget you know, guys. Six and seven. Come on. It says, yeah, entirely be willing to let God, God, guys, don't be afraid. And then in the seventh is humbly asking, boy, was I, I had to humble myself because I'm so ugly without him. And he uses people to do it. Yes, of course. But it's, you got to believe in a God. So the nighttime when the people ain't available and you feel like you're just going to die or you want to go use and everything. When you believe in him and you see how you just hang in there and pray and he's real. You stop and you look back in your life. I look back in my life. I was 17 years old walking the streets. Look how beautiful I am. Imagine at 15 and 16, I was gorgeous. I had this long black hair. I got olive skin. I got legs to die for, right? I used to walk back and forth the streets from a bar to a shooting gallery. In those days, they call it shooting galleries. I could have been raped, murdered. He took care of me. He took care of me. I was married. My husband turns out to have AIDS. I slept with him for three and a half years. I had a baby. I became, I stayed negative. That was God. My boy stayed negative. My husband died, but we stayed negative. That was God. He brought me back from a relapse. And he used this beautiful program to show himself to me and to, see, to say, I love you all. I gave you this programming these principles so that you can heal and have the life I meant for you to have. You know, it's, you know, what a beautiful story. Um, you're a beautiful person. I couldn't thank you enough for coming on here. Uh, we're, we're at the point to where we're about out of time, but the last thing that we usually do is, uh, we ask our guests to, um, you know, speak to that person who's out there struggling, you know, maybe it's somebody who's in and out of detox, who's, you know, who's, who's still on the methadone or, or the suboxone or whatever that's trying to get off. That's trying to get clean. Um, who feels like they're never going to figure it out. What is your message to that person? Well, 
the first thing I want to say is that the program of Narcotics Anonymous is for, for people who can't stop using. So what that means is, and we have a third tradition that states the only requirement for membership in NA is a desire to stop using. And listen, we can't determine what your desire is. So that's okay. So what I'm saying by saying all this is if you're on methadone, is if you're on um, suboxins or, or mental illness medications or whatever, you have every right to come into the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous and let us love you. And you make that choice to stop using. You're welcomed, you're loved, but you keep coming back and you do it one day at a time and you will be able to get the, uh, the, the miracle that's so many of us. I mean, we're talking about this thousands of us staying clean that used to not be able. As long as you're alive, you have the chance to come in and get clean. But Narcotics Anonymous is definitely a way to help you do that. And if you heard our stories here today in our conversations, you, you can see that we're genuine and we're real. We came to the rooms of NA and one day at a time, we stayed clean. And we have accumulated, not only that, we've been able to change and go back to our lives. So please make a meeting, um, listen, and just keep coming back. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Um, so we are headed south to Tupelo, to the convention down there. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see some of you people down there that's listening uh i know by the time this comes out the convention will already be over but we look forward to seeing a bunch of people in our network and meeting new people so i love going to conventions and i know travis does too and what's what's bad about it is is they're going to hear this on sunday morning oh i know and the convention will almost, almost be over it'll almost be <laughs> over but that's okay they'll know who we're talking to um but yeah that's all we got for the 12 steps uh, we we're still deciding what we're going to do next as far as are we going to go on the traditions or are we going to go on, but we will have an episode next week. Uh, we, we more will be revealed for sure. That's it. All right. Thank y'all for joining us. See you next week. Thank you for joining us on our living clean podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict can stop using drugs, lose a desire to use and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club you can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.